Hi. So the audio on this episode is a little funky, but I promise it'll be better next time. So don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, don't feel bad if you give this one a miss, but we do talk about some interesting stuff, so if you do want to, you know, power through, that'd be great. Anyway, enjoy the episode, hopefully. Hi, welcome to the New Draft Podcast. I'm Josh, and today is the 18th of September, and I'm joined by... I'm James. And I'm Jess. That was a lot more, like, formal than I think you've ever done this before. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, halfway through I realised that, and suddenly I was talking like this. (laughs) Super authoritative and slightly spaced out. Guys, we've replaced Josh with a robot. (laughs) (laughs) We figured that AI Josh could be... Pretty effective around the house. Well, I mean, now that you're out of the house, like five days a week, we need to replace some of that stuff. Material. Yeah. Otherwise, James is gonna get lonely. We just like draw a smiley face on a potato and (laughs) pull it back. Yeah. Just make sure not to eat the potato. (laughs) (laughs) So, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about gamification. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> the crowd goes silent. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, uh, sort of the phenomena of turning non-game things into games to, you know, sort of make them funner and, uh, make people like them more. I sometimes do this myself in my personal life, so, uh, it's more often referred to as, like, being competitive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna redefine gamification. It's taking game-like elements and putting them into non-games in order to uh, create, like, feedback loops and lots of cool little things to make people want to do your thing more, or have more fun. So exactly what I just said. I, I sort of felt like the idea of turning a thing into a game isn't exactly true, and I felt a little at odds with that statement. So, wait, do you think that there's a difference between turning something into a game and making it feel like a game? Yeah. I wouldn't call, like... I feel a, like that's a level of abstraction that's, like, <laughs> unnecessary. Well, yeah, but... Guys, we, guys, if a tree falls over in the woods and no one hears it, is it still a plant? Is it a game? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think... I think you're both right on a level because you're both thinking of different examples. So why don't we pick up with that? So Josh, when you said making a game thing, making a thing that's not a game a game, what were you sort of drawing on for that? Well, what? We were talking earlier today about chores. Yeah, chores. chores. And uh, this website that you had, mm-hmm. uh, what was the exact yeah. name again? It's called Chore Wars, and um, it pretty much just turns day-to-day sort of things like doing the dishes and vacuuming and stuff into a game that you get experience points for um, so that the flat is more motivated to do stuff. I feel like we need to do one pronunciation of it like really definite because I feel like a lot of the time it just sort of sounds like chore wars. Chore wars. Chore, C-H-O-R-E, W-A-R-S. Chore wars. And this is not fun. Chore wars. Not fun, just fan. <laughs> oh, we should get sponsored by Chores. Chores! We I should get you're sponsored by everything we talk about on the show. We talk about so much shit that just. Can the, we're not getting paid can for. Can the best offer uh, sponsor us? Yeah, we've talked about the best offer so much. Can we just, uh, get you a little bit of that, uh, 
a good, good movie. Yeah. Money for the Wizard, uh, if you could do it, then that's okay. Anyway, anyway, so that's what you were thinking of, was turning chores into yeah. a game. Now, James, what were you thinking of that made that level of abstraction necessary? Well, like, I could... My old uh, Kobo that I had, it had achievements on it, so if you read, like, Between These Times or Enough, or, like, you read this many pages, it would pop up and be, like, Achievement Unlocked, and that's gamification, but it's not a game. I mean, isn't it? No! I'd call it a game. I would definitely make that a game with myself. I'd say I had been reading for a while, and I was feeling like stopping, I would be quite likely to go check, like, how long have I been reading for? And if I was, like, three minutes away from getting the achievement, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll read more. And that's me, like, gaming myself. Is Space Invaders not itself a game because the reward you're getting is entirely a high score? Wait, I always thought Space Invaders was a game. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm point. saying. Space Invaders is a game, but the only outcome that you get is a score, which is what achievements do. Uh, it's it's all about the reason that you go to do the thing. You're not doing it for the achievements. If in the book reading, you're doing it to read a book. That's you true. didn't. You didn't do it as a game, but I, I probably would. Well, but then it's uh, what uh, I think this is a good jumping point to what's the point of gamifying it if they aren't coming for the game? If it's already something that people are going to do normally on their own. What's the need for the gamification? Uh, there's actually a huge problem about this in gamification because uh, there's two reasons you do it for this intrinsic, I'm doing this because I like reading, or this intrinsic, uh, I'm getting a reward from it. But if you make it uh, extrinsic, your people are probably going to do it more but enjoy it less, which is a huge problem. Can you layman's term that for me? Because you use the word intrinsic so many times. Intrinsic okay. is like an internal reason for doing it, and extrinsic is yeah. uh, an external one. So, so in terms yeah. of the game, it's are you are you doing it because you want those achievements? That's the internal reasoning, and the external reasoning is for because you like reading books. Okay. Internal is the reading book. I might have misheard you, but I think you internal is the reading book. I don't Depending know. on the person's motivation. Yeah. In, in, in my mind, the the game version is the internal reason, because I'm looking at from like the game system point of view, whereas internally is the book view from like someone actually designing the game. I mean, this brings me to like an interesting idea actually. Um okay. why are the roleplay games a game to you guys? Because I don't go in at being like, I want to level up my character, I want to get that six sweet reward, like in the same way you, you do with a high score in that. I mostly do it for the social aspect. See, I think that you're conflating a like, role-playing game as a, a tabletop game uh, needing the same gamification as a role-playing game in a, like, a video game. Like, in a role-playing game, video game. What makes it a role-playing game is, like, the leveling up system. Like, the fact that, like, your character right. develops and, like, yeah. gets XP and all of that shit, generally, yeah. right? Whereas, in a role-playing game in terms of the tabletop, yeah. while that can happen, I, I don't think that that's necessary for it to be a game. I think that what makes it a game and not just, like, some people hanging around telling a story is the fact that, um the rules create, like, determined systems for doing things. Things don't just, like, happen because the people want it yeah. to. It, it needs to have some sort of, like, will, are you good enough to do that? Um, Like, 
is that possible? Okay, so the challenge. The challenge yeah. exists to make it more like a game and yeah. less like collaborative storytelling. Oh, there, there's like a bunch of levels on what's a game and what's not. So there's like puzzle, there's like uninteractive media, just reading a yeah. book that's very much like not a game. We can get into that it might I mean, in fact be a game. Uh, choose your own adventure books, different story, but yep. well, let's move faster. And then there's like puzzles which sort of have this interactivity, but they don't have this unlimited sort of... Uh, space that you can problem solve in. Like, yeah, like, the only interaction you can make is correctly solving yeah. the puzzle, because a, an incorrect solution won't, like, progress here. Okay. Yeah. And then you sort of raise it up, and then there's these other levels of, like, really abstract, like, tabletop role-playing games are quite a good one, because there's all these different sort of facets to it, and is it a game, are you getting these intrinsic rewards, extrinsic rewards, like a puzzle you don't really have a lot of that sort of finer points, uh, like yes you can sort of get a little bit of them, but it's sort of more iffy to try and justify that, they are really doing puzzles to to learn how to do this puzzle really good, that's why I hate Rubik's Cubes. <laughs> Rubik's Cubes are a weird one, right? Like, yeah. What, what what reward are you getting out of doing a Rubik's Cube? I can see once you get, like, good enough that, uh, like, you're speed cubing, I mean, it's like a, <laughs> like, with any, um, sort of, like, speed running yep. or even, like, a sport, like, sprints and stuff, like, mm-hmm. doing it faster, I can see the appeal of, and I can see the appeal of doing it once as, like, a, I managed to solve a Rubik's Cube, but, like, that middle space... Yeah, so what you're talking about right there is gamification. Like, as soon as you start doing the speedruns, then you're taking this puzzle and you're turning it into a game. I think competition is also something that you're supposed to have in a game. I mean, I don't think competition has to exist for it to be a game, but I think that you can't really have a competition without a game, I would argue. Yeah, because, like, so back to role-playing games, like, who are you competing with when on a Tuesday we sit down and role-play? James. The world. <laughs> See, but I would the world is an extension of the GM, and I would say that you aren't competing with the GM. The GM, if anything, is trying to help you. See, that, that, that's my position on GM. Hey. I know that there are GMs who yeah. are like... That's why I didn't say the GM, because I feel like the GM is being this arbiter of the world and sort of telling you what the world is doing against you. I like uh, fate. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, I just thought like that was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, so you have all of your estimations and your statistics over how likely it is that you yeah. can account for something, but at the end of the day, the like wild card aspect is when you roll the dice. Fate yeah. and what is it right up to? Like, you're kind of testing fate a little bit. Like, I believe that I can do this. And then the dice are like, no, you can't. Well, then, are all games innately competitive against fate? Yes. Yeah, to a degree. But, I mean, that's not to diminish skill level. Yeah. You shouldn't, you, shouldn't well, you know, say that it's all just I, I think that, fate. I think that there are games where there's, like, no, like, fate chance aspect yeah. to it. Yeah. But I would say that... Yeah. Yeah, I would say that the most replayable ones, in a way, are ones where some little bit of chance can come into it, where it's not the same experience yeah. every time. Yeah. I feel like you're either versing another player, or you're versing fate, and that's how you get a game. Okay. Okay, so there's always 
sort of some sort of opposition. I will that. face and I will defeat fate. Said <laughs> <laughs> not in chess. Said not in chess. Uh, yeah, so I guess we should talk about why people should care about gamification. Because it makes life so much more interesting. It does make Genuinely, life more interesting. Genuinely, I'm excited to try and implement Chore Wars because it's going to take it from a space of everybody does their best, do's. Everybody does their best to help out around the house. Um, but, you know, sometimes one person winds up doing the majority and then they feel tired, they don't do chores for a little while and things yeah. go undone, stuff like that. With a game mechanic, there's motivation. Yeah. I think that, though, that's like a reason for us, like a, a user, to become invested in the system. But there's also like, why would they want to make a gamified oh, as okay. well? So from right. a producer so as like, well as consumer so like, standpoint. Yeah, there are like two parties that need to be invested in it being gamified. Yeah. I mean, I guess in that case it's to get people viewing there. Oh, I mean, yes, but um, how do I word this? Like, how how do you get to that point where it's like, oh, we, we want to make an app that's about like making sure people do their chores. Let's, let's gamify it. it. But then how much of it was like, can we do this without gamification? Yeah. Will it cost us more to gamify it than what we're going to get back? Is that sort of what you're getting at? Yeah, like, was it like we want an app that does chores, or yeah. was it like from the very start a let's gamify chores to make people do them? Mm. Okay. I mean, I think that a lot of the motivation for gamification, that's a really nice sentence, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Title it, of the podcast. It stems from... Probably um, what I would call uh, a, like a labor of love aspect. Like people who create games, I think, are always going to be people that have enjoyed games at some point and just think that they will enrich an experience. I disagree. I think that it's very yeah, easy to gamify something to the detriment of the user. I there, 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 are, yeah. there are very easy and very obvious ways to uh, create a game-like environment that encourages, like, addiction and, uh, like, habitual usage of something. Gambling, smoking. Smoking's like, okay, smoking's a little bit... Let me talk you through the game process. So you go into it, uh, you do some work, and you get a reward. reward. And you're like, hmm, I like this reward. I'm going to do that again, and then I will hopefully get more reward. I'm going to... Okay, guys, I guess I'll smoke this cigarette. Mmm, I like that I delicious like that. nicotine. <laughs> um, no, I'm gonna smoke another one. No, smoking is not a game. I disagree strongly. <laughs> Why? But, um, because it involves a substance for a start. A substance what? addiction is a large part of why cigarettes are addictive. It's not just because oh, no, no, it's um, a game. no, no. You're, you're misunderstanding. But um, we're saying that's an example of uh, game a habit cycle. You you get like when you substance abuse, mm-hmm. you take the thing, you you get the effect, and then because of that, you end up in a cycle where you're trying to get the effect again. This is actually a good example where I think it's gamification and not a game. I agree yeah. with you that a cigarette is it, not. It a isn't game. a game, but, but it, it, it is. Um, gamification. Well, it, it is gamification. like it is like the the key to understanding like negative gamification, like this cycle. And gambling is a better one. Gambling is a better one because like it, it's a game that produces the same effect. But I disagree that that's the game. I think it's 
that what you're describing is addiction. And it's, yes. it's a consequence of the game, but it's not the game. Games are all Skinner boxes, where they reinforce you for doing an action, and they do it at random points to keep you coming back. Yeah. Like, I, I understand where you're coming from with the, like, um, you're wanting to separate addiction from, well, let's call it what it is, well, we haven't, like, fully explained it yet, but a Skinner box. Yeah. Um, because, uh, like, that feels harsh in some way, right? That, like... Oh, it all boils down to like this, uh, just psychological feedback loop. Yeah. Um, but, um, like, it's a key here that we aren't using it, uh, especially in the cigarette case, as like an example of gamification. It, it's just an example of how a Skinner box works. Yeah. Okay, so what is a Skinner box? So, I mean, James just, like, put the key point to it. You get a boxy. And then you get this pigeon, and you put it in the box. And the pigeon's got a little lever, and if it pushes down on the lever, it gets food. So the game there is you push a lever, and, and you sometimes get you get food. But so not every time. That, so, uh, it, it, it was, yeah, um, so that was like the key to Skinner's experiment. That he, he, he was uh, putting this like game-like object, the lever, and there's a reward to activating it. And he found that, in fact, just having reward ha- reward happen whenever you pull it isn't, like, the best way to get them yeah. to do something. You want it to be sort of an arbitrary amount between pulls. You, you want them to, um, to have to work for it, yeah. sort of. To never know when the thing's coming. So they keep doing it because they yeah. don't know. They can't figure out when. Like, what the trigger is. an example that I was thinking of before about sort of gamification in, like, books is a cliffhanger, because there's sort of this, you never really know where it's coming, where this reward's coming from, and there's these sort of peaks and flows of good things happening, like, that entire sort of cycle is very much like, you don't know when the next big good thing's coming. And you can see where sort of the metaphor of smoking comes Mm. into this, where it's you know, you get this reward, I'm doing heavy air quotes here, <laughs> people who can't actually see me. Um, and so you get into this uh, same loop of uh, doing it to try and uh, you know, feel better, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. yeah, and and yeah, it's important to, to note that like, this is like, a Skinner box can be like, described through the metaphor of Cigarettes rather than cigarettes being a Skinner box. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like this level of theory has gotten... It's like a layer cake, but they're all different flavors. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about how and why we do good stuff. We're not trying to make people smoke here. We want to make something and we want people to like it. Well, yeah, because I mean, there are ways in which a Skinner box mm-hmm. can be used positively. Like, yeah. you know, with the chore wars, see, I, I pronounced the good, <laughs> goodly that time. You did. Um, is trying to create this exact same feedback loop. Yeah. W- where it's, yeah, you, you do your chores and then you get some points or whatever. XP, yeah, yeah you yeah. level, yeah. You, know, you get achievements, yeah. The achievements come at random times. What? Oh my god. 
They just need to do like one or two more chores. Oh my god, that chore wasn't long enough to get me to the next level. Yeah. Just one more and, chore. And so like, generally they'll become more spaced out over time because you want an, an early first like, oh, it, it gave me something. And like, it, it'll just be like a little bit of a like, you feel a little off. bit of, like, oh yeah, I, I did it and I got the thing. The first one's free. Yeah. And then it begins to extend out between um, sort of dishing out rewards. Yeah. Okay, so, like, I understand where you guys are coming from, but I still have just, like, a little bit of an issue. Okay. I'm not, I'm yeah. not gonna, I'm not gonna dwell on it too long. But, um, like, what I'm thinking of now is, so you're describing this sort of random aspect as... I mean, pseudo-random. Yeah, pseudo-random aspect, um, as, like, necessary to stimulate that coming back sort of feeling. But, I can't think of a game that I play that does that inherently See, as the reward. Um, the only thing I can think of that has it is things like loot boxes and Hearthstone packs where you don't know yeah. if you're going to get I mean, legendary. yes, um, car, yeah. um, car games do this uh, all, all the time. time. All like, the time. The and yes, that's not that. part of the game. But I would say that just because you don't play them doesn't mean they don't exist. Because... Uh, I mean, we're sort of beyond it now, but uh, the age of the Facebook game. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There is, I don't think that anyone could point me towards any Facebook game that was not a exact example of what we've just been yeah. describing. I mean, Farmville is like the classic example. Um, and the sort of major way this comes is in the implementation of the energy systems. Um, so the energy system in a game is when there's sort of a, a price to doing anything in the game. Yeah. And over time, you get this resource back just naturally. Yeah. Um, if you just wait, you can have it for free. Yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll get to the, like, you can pay to do more, and that's, uh, <laughs> that's bad. And, and that's ultimately what they're wanting you to do here. Yeah. But the idea is that uh, by implementing energy in this way, you are uh, mechanically spacing out the player's ability to perform actions in the game, forcing uh, these uh, reward events to be spaced out over time, uh, which forces a Skinner box into play, where they're doing things and after sort of arbitrary amounts of time, they're getting rewards. Um, and that's we're very heavily baking it into the game because you literally cannot do anything without activating the Skinner box. Yeah, and sort of like um, play of the game is sort of another little one where you do something yeah. well. Play of the game is a good example because I feel like, again, with a lot of those Facebook games, 99% of it I know what I have to do so it, it doesn't have that random aspect. It'll be like, when you have, I haven't actually played Bumble, but I, I'm pretty sure this is how it works. When you have farmed this many carrots, you have enough carrots to do a thing, mm -hmm. and so like they give you the sort of numbers and expectations. Whereas in a player of the game, I don't really know how many people I have to kill in whatever space of time and how well I have to do it in order to compete with a bastion. But I might get it, and I don't. Yeah, that's more of an like I understand um, that. So oh, like I think you can go like uh, again, it's not random. It's very heavily like pseudo randomized, like. In actuality, you want, like, these uh, slowly progressing spaces 
between. And by telling you exactly what those spaces are, they are being like, hey, if you just do this little bit more, you're going to get the reward. And over time, those, if you just do this, are, are going to stretch out. Right. Um, and that is the like pseudo-random element to how uh, you're getting the reward. Because that uh, randomization is meant to be to make it so that you have to work for it, not just yeah. so that it's random. Uh, I would like to bring it back and say it doesn't have to be random. Random just makes yeah. it better. Yeah, that, like that's another case. Okay. Yeah. And usually the randomness that they go for is they say, like, on average, you're going to get one every 11 seconds, but you don't know exactly when. So there's, like, these cool little graphs where it's, like, so at the start of the thing, uh, the pigeons are just, like, pressing the button a little bit, and then as it gets towards that, like, 11 seconds, whatever it is, they start, like, pressing it more frantically because they know that their reward's just about to come. Yeah, I can definitely say I've seen examples of that in, in the games that I've either played or seen you guys play. Like, yeah. I, I definitely I mean, know it with Hearthstone packs and things like yeah. that. I, I take pride in generally not playing these sorts of games with the sort of I'd say it's a parasitic version of the Skinner Box. Yeah. Because there are good ways to implement it. Like, card packs aren't actually the most awful way. Um, Civilization is so, like, disgustingly good at this. Because see, but I would say it, it doesn't do it in, like, a parasitic mm-hmm. way because, again, it's not like... Um, They've already the, got your money. The, the, the energy to make systems on, like, these Facebook games or, like, with packs where you're buying them is, like, the reason they're doing it isn't to make the game more fun. It's so that they can make money off of the game. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in Civilization, they already have your money. They're just trying to make this the funnest experience possible, and they do that by making sure you want to play just one more turn. Yeah. <laughs> There's all of these, like, build queues and all these different cities that are like, yeah, and just, like, three turns, I'll be done. But in four turns, I'll be done. So how about after you see this thing in four turns, then you just finish playing the game? You just found a you found a thing. Yeah, yeah but you should oh do my a thing. God, a thing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, okay, I get that. I haven't played Civ, but I've played um the mobile version of Settlers of Town, which has uh, similar feel. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> yeah. In fact, like. A good way that I can think of of implementing this is um, asynchronous multiplayer, okay. where, um, you, again, you have this mechanical uh, sort of a time limit for when you get to play next, and yep. that's when your opponent makes their play. Um, but it's not, like, to your harm. It's a way to make you want to keep coming back while also playing with other people, yeah. and it's not... Um, sort of gated by what can be bypassed by money. The only way to shorten the time is by having friends who actually play the <laughs> turns on time. Um, yeah, like uh, Frozen Synapse had asynchronous oh. multiplayer. That was really fun. I, I, I love that game. And it's very interesting that, like, in effect, the entire game was asynchronous, but the only time you had to wait yeah. between turns was when you were playing multiplayer. <laughs> So we touched on um, the idea of like gamification to make money before, and I, I yep. am very interested in, in, in that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, in particular for you two, as people who I know have made games, game systems, various mm-hmm. different types of 
things that are intended to be gamed for no profit. I mean... Yeah, like, it's very interesting because if you're not trying to make it for profit, it, it sort of never comes up, right? Um, well, I mean... If you put levels in your game or gear in your game, then you're making a little skin of us. Oh, yes. Oh, definitely. But I'm more talking, like, just as us, like, specifically, like, designing to make money. is <laughs> like... It's just something... Despite the fact that, you know, you... I know that these companies aren't just making these games out for goodness of their heart. They, yeah. they do need money to pay the bill. It still feels, like, so <laughs> dirty when it's, like... You're only doing this to make money. Okay, so there are like some other little gamification aspects that you can put into your game. Like, uh, DLC is a very good way of being like, if you get this, you will have an even bigger shiny. So, like, in a role playing game, you play World of Darkness, but then you play World of Darkness. What's that Pants of Awesome one that we made? <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. I forget its exact name, but in. Awesome. <laughs> dudes game. of something, isn't it? Dudes yeah. of legend, dudes of awesome. Maybe. But um <laughs> I don't know what's the name for World of Darkness now? Because it used to be just this old World of Darkness and New World of Darkness. Now it's like this old World of Darkness, New World of Darkness, and it's like Chronicles of Darkness as well. Anyway, I haven't been paying attention, oh yeah. my god. Um but yeah. Or D D. Yeah, like it, it, if you have the splat books, which are like books with new classes, new items and them, all of that stuff. Oh, look, there's some new stuff yeah. that you can have. Um, but, like, I wouldn't say that that's a Skinner box, because, like, it's... Yeah, 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 it's a it's different a, type of gamification that's adding on these yeah. things that you have to do work to unlock. Well, because rather than asking you, like, hey, you want to keep having fun with this game? Yeah. Pay us some money. It's asking, like, hey, are you, like, heavily invested in this game? And, like, you, you play it a lot, and, like... you. You're sort of craving, like, something new. Um, like, you've already played all of this a lot. Here, ha have some new stuff that you can use if you want. It's perfectly fine if you just want the old stuff, but if you want to get some new stuff. The Sims, you're describing the Sims. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the Sims, like, like, for a small splat book compared to, like, a, like, the core book for role playing, like the price is <laughs> a fraction. Yeah, the Sims expansion to like the exact same <laughs> price as the actual games, if yep. I remember correctly. And if I also remember correctly, the Sims games like never go down in price. Like I think that like Sims, so Sims Four is the current one, right? I think that Sims Three would still cost exactly as much as when it came out. I think it would cost. Less, but all of the DLC will cost probably the same as when it came out. But I think the yeah. core game will cost less because that's the hook. If they get yeah. you to have the core game, then In. you're gonna wind up wanting. But I want seasons. But I want weather because I love <laughs> the weather changes. It just makes everything a little bit more interesting because it's not just sunny exactly. all the time. But anyway, no, I, I'm getting off topic. So yeah, I, mean, no, I, I know that DLC is a, a bit of a difficult one because we've talked about this before, Joe. How much DLC can you produce before people start to go? Should this not have just been included in the first game? Oh shit! What happened to the Age of Expansion packs? 
Oh when might so many people have talked about that? When so DLC nowadays is effectively like if you grouped up all the DLC and like packed it in together, it would be like the expansions of all. I mean, I sort of feel like expansions are very much like here's this new content. Uh, when DLC sort of like a lot of the time it can sort of feel like here's an improvement on the base game, I think is one of the problems people have with it. Like, uh, they're yeah, very much I, like, why didn't you just put this in the, the base? Well, I, I, I can understand, like, time and money constraints, but I, I definitely think that, like, when DLC is at its best, it's when it's like the old expansion packs, where it's, like, some new, like, story, yeah. uh, new maps. Like, when it's, like, here's this new item for this role-playing game, I'm like, I don't want this. Whereas, like, in fact, a good way to look at this is the Fallout 4 DLCs. I have a better DLC that will make you even madder. Well, no, because I, I want to contrast Fallout oh, okay. 4 has really okay. good DLCs and really bad DLCs in my mind. Where um the latest DLC, Nuka World, is great because it's exactly like the um the DLCs from Fallout 3 and New Vegas, where it's like this new experience, you go to this new place, yeah. you're doing all of these things. It's like a new section yeah. of the base game. And then there's the ones which are like, here's some more stuff you can build in your <laughs> settlements. I'm like, why do I... Like, I can understand like why I would want this yeah. in the base game, but I don't know why I'm paying for DLC for this. Because it's it's not like new content. It's just like... Here's, like, some upgrades for some existing systems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Warhammer Total War uh, came out oh, with the DLC. You are Blood so right. <laughs> you are so right, so James. So, the game is very much... It's about Total War. It's about, like, these brutal, like, fights. Yeah, you're building and armies and you're having this, like, real-time yeah. fights when you maneuver There's these orc guys. boys and you're all, like, stabbing people and fighting and wagging. And then you have to pay a large sum of money in order to have your people bleed. <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> I, it's sort of like, um... <laughs> yeah, like, for the graphics to have your people bleed, you need to pay money. Like, that's just catering to a really specific type of consumer in my mind. That's catering to, like, the kids whose parents bought them the game and they like it, but <laughs> they also like to play war games for that little bit of gore and yeah, shock, see, so they want... I, I would also say some of the people who are like, I have this amazing rig and I want, like... The greatest graphics possible. Yeah. I want so, extremely. Yeah, it's either graphics. like a, a wanky best graphics possible person. Or, or a like edgelord. Yeah. I need the blood. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's a great niche in reality. I can see yeah. how they'd be like, everybody wants to see their game look realistic, but like, and, it and just yeah, sounds like, bad. If it had just been like, yeah, we patched it, this is a new option in the menu, you can toggle yeah, on and off and it's free. It's like, yeah, okay, cool, yeah. That's a cool little thing you added, like, keeps the game fresh, uh, keeps the audience knowing that the developers are still invested in, like, keeping the game alive. Yeah. Whereas this is like, <laughs> you wow, guys, guys, you really want, like, um, the people who make Crusader Kings. I was about to talk about Crusader Kings. 
have <laughs> the worst DLC ever. <laughs> I was just about to talk about one of the, like, good DLCs. Okay. Uh, there is a free one that they did, and uh, it's a historical game, so there's, like, no woman in places of power, and then this mod's just like, do you want women to be in places of power? It's not historically accurate, but uh, maybe but you you're that way. And, and it's free. This isn't just no. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, then it's like, do you want the sound pack? Do you want um the banners packed for this uh <laughs> section of the world? Do you really care about Vienna? Do you really want them to have historically accurate something? Do you want to be able to play as this section of the world that's already fully implemented but you can't currently play as? Okay, I'm dancing some salt over the Crusader Kings DLC. No. <laughs> so, I mean, you think there is a place for DLC, though? It's just not always oh, yeah, Like, obviously, there are things that take work to do, and, like, so, uh, going How back How did we to, get started on DLC? Uh, we were talking about money and gamification. Well, we'll, we'll do a quick, I just want to talk about, um, like, those good Fallout 4 DLCs, like, if they had have been packaged together, they would have been their own game. Like, they had a story and an environment and items and characters and yeah. and you're doing all of the stuff you'd be doing in Fallout 4. It's like if they had have just made another game in the same engine. <laughs> Which they did for New Fallout Vegas, 3 and New yeah. Vegas. And New Vegas is great. Okay. And we can talk about how they got... Uh, Obsidian got fucked over in that <laughs> on a later no. podcast. Um, but yeah, when it's like, yeah, this, this took work, but it's work that you should have done in the base game. Like, how, how was it acceptable that you shipped Crusader Kings without the images for certain people's banners? Like, I shouldn't have to be paying for that. You should be fixing it. Yeah. How did you release No Man's Sky? I mean, <laughs> oh, No Man's Sky has some serious problems, but at its core, it is the game that they told us about. Like, yes, there are problems where, like, you guys said that there was going to be multiplayer, and there is not multiplayer. But, eh. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I also have a lot of feelings about No Man's Sky that we can talk about later. Perhaps okay. they can be the same podcast. <laughs> the feelings podcast. So I need to go soon, but I do have an interesting thought experiment that I'm totally fine to leave you two to do. Okay. Uh, Jess, I want you to pick something like really plain and average out of your life, like not gamification. Like I was just thinking of trying lipstick that you were buying or something okay, like that. Okay, that's a like, game. That's yeah. already a game, honey. <laughs> <laughs> It's sort of um, like a collapse of all scenario while okay. also trying That's to make true. sure that they still look good on you and that you get your money's worth through using them. And as a bonus effect, if they're cross the free. I feel like it, it's it's like uh, role playing art where it's like I need to collect the perfect ones that are going to complement my stats. <laughs> <laughs> Fashion souls, man. Fashion souls. Fashion souls. Is real. I should head off. Okay. Bye, James. Bye. Bye. Ah. <laughs> oh. Okay, I'll admit, it's kind of audio game, but I wouldn't say that I'm gaming when I do it. Like, genuinely, watching TV. Like, okay, yeah, trying I mean, to, like, accomplish seasons and things. I think that, in a way, Netflix already does this. Yeah. So, we're like, you open Netflix and you can see the shows you're currently watching and, like, a progress bar. Yeah. It's like, 
Ooh, I'm only like this far away from the end. It's like we watched the last episode of Orange is the New Black because it was the last episode. Yeah, like we could have gone to bed, but it was like, well, there's only one more. And it's one of those things where I, even the more I think about it, like, yeah, it it is kind of gamey. Like, I have seen Orange is the New Black before, but I was like, now I want to play it with Josh. So I'm going to do it again. And it's the same thing. We're we're playing co-op Orange is the New Black (laughs) now. Like, I played the single player, but, like, the co-op is really a different experience. It is. It's a very different experience, especially because, you know, it's following the same plot line. But I get new context for it because yeah. I know what happens later on and things like that. Whereas, yeah, exactly, exactly that. It's um, it's different, <laughs> and there's definitely a game-ish aspect to that to try to accomplish Netflix. Maybe Netflix should still achieve them. Um, I mean, <laughs> I've never seen it. Like, there's an app for it on like the Xbox One, right? I'm I'm pretty sure. Oh but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um. Does that maybe have achievements? I wouldn't know. I don't own... I've never owned an Xbox. Someone who does um, have Xbox Netflix, tell us, do you get achievements for, like, uh, yeah. watching and time spent? Because well, I know that um, when Xbox had, like, a, a theater mode where, like, you could watch movies uh, while in chat with your friends on their other Xboxes, so it was sort of like, you know, you're sitting on a couch watching a movie together, yeah. that had achievements. Really? Yeah. The only thing I can think of that Netflix, the only thing I can think of that Netflix does that's sort of achievement-ish, it's not really an achievement, but I think people refer to it like one, is when it does that thing where it pauses because you've been watching for so long. It's like, have you gone to sleep? Are you still watching? Yeah. And like, it's, low-key an achievement or bragging yeah, right like, to be like I, had to I binged so much yeah exactly I am obviously on a top tier of binging tonight because I've had to do that but like that's that's the only claim to fame I can really think of man high score list for um who has had to do that the most oh my god true because yeah that is literally just an indicator of binge like, you don't necessarily have to be the person that's watched the most Netflix to get that, yeah. but you have to be the one that's watched the most at the most like, time. Concurrently. Yeah, like, concurrently. And you would have to, 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 like, optimally do it for how much time you spent. You would have to, every time it happened, actually close Netflix. Yeah. So that, like, there were no wasted minutes. Yeah, you want to restart your minutes so that you get to the next four of the game, like, ASAP. Yeah. And then, um, I think... I don't know if it was just a Tumblr thing that lied to me, but I'm sure I saw something um, on... It was something like a courtesy email from Netflix that was like, we noticed that you've been browsing for like 48 hours straight. Are you okay? Ah. I don't know if that's a real thing or not, but... Yeah. Well, because there are stories of people who are like, oh, yeah, but the pizza place came around and found a person dead because they hadn't ordered pizza. And I was like, okay. Um, I worry that, uh, for a while there, my family would have been, uh, <laughs> those people. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, what else is there to gamify? I want to try and, uh, uh, no, we were talking about towards, and I said gardening, so I'm looking at the garden, but that's not really, it's not really appropriate. What do we do with our lives? I write a lot. See, the problem is, like, a lot of what I do with my life is already a game, so... Let's be real. We gamified our projects. We did. We did we, that. We definitely did. To motivate. Yeah. To motivate ourselves. We did that. We gave ourselves a time limit, 
And in a way, and we had to report back. Yeah, we had to check in, keep keep accountable. That was sort of a gamification in of itself. I haven't written any more of my book by the way. I've been <laughs> working on uh the the uh, game show role playing game, right. which the game show is called, and therefore I think the game is called um, Super Magic Fun Time Go. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, so that's this coming week? Yeah, this Saturday. This Saturday. So that's why it's been like, okay, I have like all of these notes on like exactly how it's going to run, but now I need like stuff that I can, like character sheets, I need um like the rules for the games in the game show, because uh, part of the plan is that the host will be doing some of that, uh, like, GMing work for me. <laughs> it's, like, simple stuff, and, like, it makes sense in the universe that he reads out the rules. Yeah. Because, um... So you're gaming within your game. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, and then just, like, making sure my final notes are nice so that I can, like not mess up at any point. Um, yeah, it's it's going. Okay. Uh, it, it'll probably be done like tomorrow night, I hope. So. Oh, I'm going to say Wednesday night, because I have to edit this. I have to write <laughs> our game for Tuesday, then I need to run our game for Tuesday. Well, she takes and up the burden for our group's entertainment <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I don't do shit for our group's entertainment. All I do is like acknowledge, is James in the room? No. Okay, let's watch Orange is the New Black. Yeah. <laughs> that's, my, that's my responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it'll be good. I'm looking forward to having this one. Yeah, so am I. And I'm hoping that, um, like, Obviously, like, having two new people is, like, a worry, but I'm hoping that going forward, maybe, if other people are up to it, like, other people can be like, hey, I have this friend that hasn't rolled like before they want to. Yeah. I'll GM and bring them. Yeah. I think that that's a good rule where it's like, if you're bringing an extra person, you have to GM, so yeah. you have to do the work for it. Yeah, you don't um, bring that workload to somebody else's which, like. Which is why, as a, you know, I pitched game. After our last monthly, I was like, hey, my sisters want to, I'll run. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, it's, um, I think it's probably a little bit unfair considering the group size that we have to deal with already to shop that onto somebody else. Yeah, we already have seven. <laughs> well, I think that, um, you know, if we do, um, going forward, like some more, um, like double GM games where, um, like, you know, we talked about it last time with like, Cops and Robbers game with that, where you like theoretically need like two and a half GMs. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought of a way that you guys might be able to like make it work mm-hmm. in a way, which uh, is similar to the way I'm making the host work, where like they're like half a character, half a GM, yeah. but in your case, they'd be like more GM than character, where in mine, they're like more character than GM. Okay. Um, that you have the like third GM who's like passing notes between the two GMs being like the informant. <laughs> so so they're um like hiding themselves in the like criminal half. Yeah. And like giving information to the other half. Um that would be very cool. Yeah. And right. by having them be a GM you can sort of like ensure that they're not like breaking the story at all. Yeah, that's true. I need to 
Fuck, I need to rein James in because I didn't know it was worth it without me. <laughs> <laughs> Until yeah. the podcast, I was like, even working on it, I was like, I'm working I feel bad because I'm like, why? Well, to be fair, he didn't say he was working on it. He said that he had scavenged it for ideas. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm hearing here is I need to like, I need to convince him to finish the game that I started with him first so that he doesn't steal the ideas and take them into his own game. Well, no, you just steal his ideas that he's stolen back into the, <laughs> into your game. And the irony is that we're writing a heist game. Yeah. <laughs> Heisting our ideas back and forth sounds a little bit efficient, inefficient, but I should probably either scrap my system completely and to work on that, or finish my system first. I really want that system, though. I know, I want that system. I think that system could potentially be a game changer, but the problem is I've gotten a little bit, like, bogged down in mechanics on it, um, in that I have some things that I want to accomplish, but I'm not very good at the technical side of stuff. Right, because, so, obviously, so your system is sort of based around the use of electronics. Yeah. Right? Uh, and the use of the electrons in real life, not in, <laughs> not in story, but in game. Yes. Um, but yeah, and I find that super interesting because one of my uh, constant uh, nemeses <laughs> is phones at the table. Yeah. Um, but it's a way to um, both, like, stop people from using the phones at the table and, like, make the use of phones at the table, like, legitimate. Mm-hmm. Because, like... That's definitely what I'm aiming for, is legitimizing it rather than criminalizing well, it. Well, yeah, because the, the way I think of it is, like, if you're just, like, no phones, everyone res- will resent you. Yeah. Um, but, like, by taking up your phone, by, like, you're having to do this with your phone, therefore you aren't slacking off on it, right? Exactly. Like, it's effectively taking up the time and energy that it would normally put into just Facebook or whatever and putting it into a mechanic for the game. You're gamifying phones at the table. I am. That's exactly what I'm doing, Josh. It's yeah. It's an innovative thing. And what I'm currently leaning on is, you know how there's those parental apps that restrict your yes. phone usage? So a lot of the themes in this game are stemming around, like, um, addiction and, like, excess time spent on devices increasing the time that you feel you need to put into your devices and like you have those cravings to go back to it um and then tying that into sort of like a a big brother type the more you spend on your phone the more you are at detriment because the more information you're giving away and stuff like that and i want to tie all that back together to a system that also uses one of those um apps and stuff like that because admittedly it uh it makes people more accountable if there's a literal software on their phone. That's like timing you when you're using it. Exactly. So um, something along those lines. But I'm, I'm having to like filter through existing apps to try and see what yeah. works and what I can make work and things like that. And you know, it's time consuming. But I haven't really gone as far um, as I'd like. But I do really want to get that. <laughs> so I guess then like, it would be like there are really two parts where it's like you're, you're implementing this like restriction as a, like you're using your phone as a resource in it and then you need like some way to make the use of the phone like something that you need to do in the game and therefore something that you need to spend that resource on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I'll uh, get back to everybody on how that goes. I'm going to try and have a better go at it now that I'm uh, 
more settled than we have been in the previous think it's, it's very interesting. I'm like, while well, you're like looking through the like new apps, like see what you need and like if it's just like a very simple like uh open the app and like hit a button and after like X time whereas like a timer on the app it's like you're out of time I I a couple Wi Fi off for mm-hmm. and it'd be mm-hmm. till the end of a normal game session, I guess. I wanna work in some challenges as well around like I said, you know, addiction, using your phone is problematic. Um, and the more that you're on it, you're giving away some kind of information. So you are, okay. you are discouraged to go on your phone worldwide, but at the same time, implementing it in a way that is, but now you're going to have to. So something like, you need to find out where this thing is or what this thing is called. So you're going to need to Google it, but you're going to have to find out within 35 seconds because you've used six minutes of your time tonight already. Wow. Yeah. 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 Something like that. So that if people do go on their phone for leisure, they're reducing the time that they have available for world stuff. As far as like um, these parenting apps go, like if you were to like sort of try and like get your own, I don't know how far making an app is, like I have programming C++, but I don't know how that carries over, but anyway, um, I wonder if like rather than like, because I feel like making an app that like blocks off your Wi-Fi is pretty hard. If it was, was instead like as long as your Wi-Fi signal is active, it's timing, and every like last seconds it like sends like um, a GM phone version of the app. Um, the fact that you've been doing that, and then it, again, it's like you don't want to be using it too much, but it's also like. The GM knows and can work that the story where it's like mm-hmm. Big Brother, who was me, the GM, knows blah about you now. Yeah, so that's exactly what I want, honestly. Yeah. I, they really would like something like that. And I know that some of those parenting apps do have yeah. effectively notifications Patience. that get sent to the parenting phone. Yeah, that makes sense. So I really want to try and work something like that in because I feel like it'll make it feel a little bit more real if the GM can actually be like... Like, knows immediately. Yeah, like, um, I'm going to say that so-and-so has to do this thing knowing full well that they've been on their phone for, like, however many minutes and if you do apply like a time limit to it across an evening like say of a three hour game everybody's allowed a maximum of like 15 minutes on their phone yeah. and be like okay um this person has to figure this thing out but they've already used so much of their time and like you as the dm know just yeah. how much time rather than like having to estimate and things like that i just think it'd be fun and uh like uh i feel like as far as the system goes it, it seems rather uh, setting agnostic as well, like as long as there's enough of a tech level, it's fine. And even like I can see it potentially working in fantasy scenes where it's like your your device effectively represents like magic. Yes, it could be definitely um, recharacterized to apply to different things and technology. Yeah. It just so happens that people abusing technology at the table has been the instigator and the motivation to yeah. come up with because I mean I, I would be a hypocrite to say if I, I wasn't guilty of this too sometimes you're just tired and you don't really have the focus that is required to like stay in character but I think utilizing the phone as a reason to stay in character is it's, way better yeah. than just being like that yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. but yeah uh, as as GM like I like 
almost never have an opportunity to go on my phone. Like, the only reason to look at my phone while I'm jamming is to look at the time to know how long I have and timings for things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I know that just telling people not to doesn't work, which is disappointing. Yeah. But Okay, we're going to get there. As a team, we're going to come up with a way. Yeah. Because, I mean, what I would love is if I did find a way to make this sort of almost like an expansion that you tack on to anything. Like, I can immediately see it working perfectly with paranoia. Yeah, exactly. Where the GM friend computer, they know all of what you're doing. (laughs) So I don't necessarily want this to be a standalone system. I'm not saying that it won't be, but I would love to make it an expansion that you just, like, latch on to any game that you're playing to encourage that behavior because it shouldn't just be exclusive to that system or otherwise you'll play a different system and go right back to bad behavior potentially. See what I see what I can pull off for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um that has been the podcast. Yeah, we talked about, we talked about gamification of a lot of things. Like, yeah. like even that last bit where we broke off and began talking about how our current projects are doing mm. which is good because we should be doing that. And I'm just going to assume that James is going horribly because he's not here to tell us otherwise. Yep, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, even that was like, yeah, gamification of phones. Yeah. Phone usage. So, um, yeah, we hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Let us know if you didn't and we'll avoid it in the future. But I find it to be an interesting topic. And if you guys have anything that you want us to talk about, let us know. Yeah. I know that I said a lot of things that I want to talk about in the future. <laughs> um, hopefully they come up. But, yeah, if you want to tell us about things that you want to hear about, then you can uh, send a question to our Tumblr Ask box or email us at newdraftpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, don't forget that we have a Facebook page now, so if you want to keep up to date with all of this stuff, if you're one of the iTunes listeners, uh, you can always give us a like or a follow or whatever it is there. And uh, you'll get that second every time we release new stuff, which is cool, because we do that reasonably often now. <laughs> yeah, we're back to to weekly. We we had uh like some gaps in there where we were um once every two weeks while we were moving, yeah. but we're good now. We're good now. We'll be okay. solid for you guys, promise. All right. <laughs> anyway, later days. Later days. Later days. <laughs>